Hello America, this is Russian Embassy speaking and we are glad to present to you 154 edition of our weekly newsletter podcast. Meeting with Shanghai Cooperation Organization Foreign Ministers Vladimir Putin I would like to note that against the backdrop of the global coronavirus pandemic, the Russian presidency has tried to do all it can for the CSCO to work effectively and without losing its pace. Naturally, we had to adjust the plan of measures of our presidency. Not all over the 19 planned events were carried out. Nevertheless, I believe that key tasks have been fulfilled and CSO cooperation has been strengthened in major areas. The organization plays a major role in ensuring peace and security, as well as sustainable development in Eurasia. Acting on the principles of equality and mutual consideration for everyone's interests, we strive to conduct a joint search for ways of resolving today's global challenges, and we maintain close foreign policy coordination, including in the UN and other international venues. The CSO has shown an ability to respond promptly to new acute challenges. We are undertaking concrete uh, efforts to overcome the political, trade, economic and social ramifications of the coronavirus pandemic. To reiterate, the security situation in Eurasia and neighboring regions still requires special attention on the part of the SCO. The situation in Afghanistan remains tense and conflicts in the Middle East and North Africa continue unabated. Terrorism poses a serious threat and drug trafficking, organized crime and cybercrime are on the rise. Much remains to be done to expand the interaction between the CSO countries in economic cooperation, to build technological partnership and create a common transport and logistics infrastructure, to convert to national currencies in mutual transactions and previously agreed. I believe it is important to more energetically involve the Business Council, the Interbank Consortium, the Forum of Regional Heads of the CSO Youth Council in this and other promising areas. Meanwhile, it is gratifying to know that other countries and international organizations are increasingly interested in working with the CSO. We have received 16 requests to join our organization as member states, observers or dialect partners. This illustrates the authority of our organization enjoys internationally. Travel like a Russian Great news from the city of Duluth, Minnesota, sister city of Petrozavodsk. The 9th of September 2020 was proclaimed Vodya Day. The pilgrim is now in dry dock of the water until May. The Russian sailors traveling around the world had quite a day on September 9 in their sister city of Duluth, Minnesota. Captain Sergei Sinelnik was presented a proclamation by the mayor of Duluth, naming September 9, 2020 as Lodia Day to honor these brave sailors and their contribution to the citizen diplomacy and further development of the international sister city movement. This voyage began two years ago aboard the pine wood replica of the 18th century Russian vessel. To date, Captain Sergei and crew have traveled approximately 1100 nautical miles. They will reconvene here in late April of 2021 after the harsh winter months have passed. The goal is to then put the pilgrim on a truck and transport it to Seattle where they, then they can enter the Pacific Ocean and proceed to Alaska before ultimately returning home to Russia. In the meantime, Captain Sergei will fly home in the coming days and reunite with his wife and two sons.
History. Such years ago, on September 12, the Treaty of the Final Settlement with respect to Germany was signed in Moscow. The treaty signed by the foreign ministers from East and West Germany and the United States, Britain, France and the Soviet Union relinquishes the four powers occupation rights in Germany and gives the Germans full sovereignty for the first time since 1945. We have drawn the line under World War II and have started counting time in a new age, Soviet foreign minister Eduard Shevardnadze declared after the signing. The treaty specifies that the current outer borders of the East and West Germany will remain the borders of the United Germany and declares that Germany has no territorial claims whatsoever against any other states and shall not assert any in future. Defense Ministry Statement of participants of the joint meeting of defense ministers of the CSO, CIS and CSTO member states on the occasion of the 75th anniversary of the victory in, in World War II. In 2020, we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the victory in the Great Patriotic War of 1941-1945. The most brutal and bloody conflicts in history, which claimed tens of millions of lives and caused terrible suffering to humanity. In those harsh years, the selflessness and patriotism of our peoples who won the victory were very clearly shown. We express our sincere respect to the living veterans of our countries for the heroism and labor feat shown during the war. We are deeply indebted to those who gave their lives in the battlefields, bow our heads to the fallen, and cherish the memory of the unparalleled courage of millions of soldiers, partisans, resistance fighters, and civilians who laid their lives on the altar of the struggle for freedom, peace, and justice. We declare the need to take care of military graves, memorials, monuments, and obelisks in honor of those who died in the fight against Nazism. There is no justification for vandalism of such memorials. Our sacred duty is to protect and firmly defend the historical truth about those events, which is stored in the memory of our peoples and the archival documents. We strongly condemn attempts to falsify the history, causes and the results of the Second World War, as well as to rehabilitate and glorify Nazi criminals and their accomplices. The decisions of the International Military Tribunal in Nuremberg and the International Military Tribunal for the Far East do not have a statute of limitations and must be strictly observed. We reaffirm our commitment to the purposes and principles of the UN Charter and the universally recognized principles and norms of international law. We pay special attention to the resolution adopted by the 74th session of the UN General Assembly on combating the glorification of Nazism, neo-Nazism and other practices that contribute to the escalation of modern forms of racism, racial discrimination, xenophobia and related intolerance. Foreign Ministry Sergei Lavrov answers to media questions following talks with his Chinese counterpart Wang Yi. Question. Yes, officials often claim that China and Russia are meddling in their elections. How would you comment on these accusations? Sergei Lavrov. Russia, China and some other countries, including Iran and North Korea, are being accused of meddling in U.S. internal affairs, including presidential elections. The voting will be held in early November, and voting by mail started a while ago and will continue for another couple of months. But commentators are already asking politicians which country, uh, Russia, China or Iran, is the biggest meddler. As estimated by the Americans, the PRC is winning the competition. 
It is only natural that we are hurt by being relegated to second place because we are used to being number one all the time. But joking aside, we have repeatedly offered our US colleagues various options whereby to serve out these absolutely unfounded accusations. We suggested restraining the mechanism of consultations on cybersecurity because there were frequent accusations that Russian hackers uh, were hacking democratic and republican networks and websites and in some way were influencing voter moods. We also suggested that Russia and the United States make an official bilateral political statement to the effect that we pledge not to interfere in each other's internal affairs. This has dragged on for several years. The Americans keep shining away from the work on any of these suggestions and continue to demand that we stop unlawful actions, by which they mean interference in internal affairs. Maria Zaharova on Ukrainian request to remove Russian media from Apple Store. We call on Apple not to pander on the Ukrainian authorities and not to take any actions that could actually transform the US IT corporation into an accomplice of Kyiv's crimes against freedom of speech. The Ukrainian security service demand to Apple Inc. to take down the apps of Russian media outlets from Ukrainian Apple Store demonstrate the pers- repressive policy of Ukrainian authorities and prove that Kyiv disregards its international obligations in the field of the freedom of expression, Russian Foreign Ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharva said. We view the demand of the security service of Ukraine to the US company Apple to remove apps of the Russian media outlets VGTRK, Russia Сегодня and NTV from Ukrainian Apple Store as another manifestation of the Ukrainian authorities' repressive policy towards the media. With this act of political censorship, Kyiv has acknowledged defying cynically the key democratic principles of the free movement of information and unhindered access to it, totally disregarding all international obligations in the field of the freedom of speech and the freedom of expression. Embassy On September 10, Ambassador Antonov took part in the video conference moderated by the US-Russia Business Council. Representatives of the leading U.S. companies operating in the Russian market joined the event. The discussion was focused on the prospects of the development of trade, economic and investment ties during the global pandemic. Ambassador Antonov stressed the importance of the strengthening of business cooperation in order to stabilize the entire complex of bilateral relations. Russia is ready to step up counter-terrorism cooperation with the United States, says Anatoly Antonov. On Friday, a flag on the territory of the Russian diplomatic mission was lowered in the memory of those killed in September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. We are united by the moments not only when everything is fine, but especially in the moments of grief. Nineteen years ago, there was a disaster. Russian President Vladimir Putin was one of the first who supported U.S. Prince George Bush and the American people. As a sign of respect and sorrow for the people who died in the terrorist attacks, we lowered the flag at the Russian embassy, the ambassador said. The fight against terrorism is a very good opportunity and area where we could cooperate with the United States. We are ready for such interaction. Now the ball is in the court of the American partners. The screening of the film about tragic death of Lokomotiv Yaroslavl hockey team took place at the Russian embassy. 
The premiere screening of the film Captain Nemo, directed by Yelena Mikheyeva, took place on Friday evening at the Russian Embassy in Washington, D.C. The event, which brought together competitors and fans of Russian culture, was held in compliance with all precautions due to the coronavirus pandemic. As Ambassador Anatoly Antonov told us, contacts in the field of culture, history, sports, and simple human communications have been largely reduced due to, due to the pandemic. In the current conditions, we are trying to preserve what is left in Russian-American relations, to draw the attention of our American colleagues to cultural events, common grounds in the cultural sphere, which have always linked the USSR, Russia, and the United States, noted Anatoly Antonov. History On September 9, we paid tribute to the defenders of Sevastopol during the first siege in 1854-1855. Sevastopol, now the part of the Russian Federation, has since its founding in 1783 been primarily associated with the Navy. It is often called the Sailor's City in Russian, but after losing their fleet during the Crimean War, 160 years ago, Sevastopol sailors went ashore to engage the enemy in land battles that would reap the city as much glory as any sea victories. Among the defenders was Ivan Vasilievich Turchaninov, known also by his Americanized name John Basil Turchin, was a Union Army Brigadier General in the American Civil, Civil War. He led two critical charges that saved the day at Chikamauga and was among the first to lead soldiers up missionary ridge. Turchaninov was born in the Russian Empire, served as a colonel in the Russian army and fought in the Crimean War. In 1855 he immigrated to the United States where he settled in Chicago and worked for the Illinois Central Railroad. We also remember dozens of American doctors who came to Russia to treat our soldiers. Ten Americans have died there from epidemics. The burial site of one of them, Isaac Draper, is located in Simferopol. In 1853, driven by the patriotism and dreams of battlefield glory, Count Lev Nikolaevich Tolstoy volunteered to the front line during the Crimea War. The Sevastopol sketches earned him further popularity. <laughs> In chest we trust. First distant USSR-US chess match. Did you know that the USSR and United States radio chess match in September 1945 was undoubtedly the most important post-World War II international sports event? The Soviet Union team met with the strongest foreign team, the chess players of the United States of America. The partners were separated by a huge distance, 9,000 kilometers. The Soviet team was in Moscow, the American one was in New York. The match took place on the radio. That's all for today. Thank you for tuning in and see you later next week.